something that is challenging us as parents right now is this unprecedented time of preparing our children to return to school. Politicians, education leaders, teachers and parents are all uncertain of how we will go about educating our children in the midst of a pandemic. There is no guidebook or an event like this in history. There are many unknowns and even more variables beyond our control. What is a parent to do? How can we stay calm and assured during these troubling times? My name is Jill McPherson, and this is the Awakened Parenting Podcast. I'm a teacher with a degree in child psychology and in education. I'm privileged to be the mother of four wonderful human beings who continue to be my greatest teachers and motivators in self-awareness and development. Since this is the first episode of this podcast, please allow me to share a bit more about my background and how this podcast came to be named Awakened Parenting. I began my teaching career 25 years ago with a passion to find the best strategies and skills to educate children in the most effective ways possible. As I experienced inevitable challenges, I soon began to use these challenges as a catalyst to explore more deeply why some strategies worked with kids and why some were disastrous. For many years, I thought all my problems in teaching were because of the students. For example, if they weren't listening, if they weren't following directions, if they weren't getting along, if they weren't able to work independently, if they weren't picking up their things, or if they were talking back, These were all issues because of them, certainly not me. Since I believed at the time that these issues were clearly all about them, my goal was to find ways to change or fix them to stop my problems. My classroom management skills were more about containing and controlling my students rather than empowering and enlightening the next generation to become independent, self-sufficient adults. After all, My teacher training was mainly about strategies to control large groups of children within an often ridiculous adult-child ratio that was clearly not in my favor. When attempts to keep students well-behaved seemed to be an endless battle of threats, punishment, or offering rewards, I knew there had to be a better way. Four years into my teaching career, I became a mother. Just over seven and a half years later, I had my fourth child. Throughout my years of parenting, I was always seeking ways to be the best parent I could be. Even though there are many books that offer advice on everything from toilet training, bedtime routines, and managing picky eaters, I tended to rely mainly on my undergraduate training in behavior modification. Some strategies worked and some not so well. Some worked with one or two of my children, but not them all. I also sought out ideas and solutions from parents older than me and would ask them how they manage. I soon learned to only ask those parents who seemed to be living the results I wanted. For example, I would only seek advice from people who appeared, at least from the outside, to have fairly happy, motivated, and kind children. I watched for parents who, even through challenging times, still seemed to have a forgiving and loving relationship with their children who were older than mine. As I worked through the trials and tribulations of parenting, I realized that my challenges were far less about them and far more about me. This is not to say that children are to be dismissed of their part in confrontations, 
but rather if I, as an adult, was not able to demonstrate things like respect, empathy, and effective communication skills, then how could I possibly expect to see that in my children? The strategies offered by a parenting expert would only get the lasting results I desired when I first checked in with my feelings, needs, thoughts, and beliefs that could be limiting my ability to get the parenting results I wanted. As I began to awaken to the realization that the more I worked on the issues within myself that were creating pain and discomfort, the more at ease my parenting became. I began by exploring my thinking and beliefs. I examined my habit of doing exactly what adults said and did to me. I consciously worked at no longer being in a state of autopilot. In other words, I stopped reacting without thinking. The more I processed and let go of pains from the past, the more calmly and effectively I was able to parent my children. During a weekend workshop, I was taking what I would call greater self-awareness and healing old wounds. I was reminded by the facilitator of something I had read in a book years earlier. He said, no one can possibly make you mad without your permission. Perhaps your mind is going to where my mind went after hearing that. My mind searched for proof that this was surely not right. I had endless stories of someone making me mad, many involving my children. How could this statement possibly be true? However, as we awaken more deeply to truths that I call truths with a capital T, we start to discover not only the truth in the idea that no one can make us mad without our permission, but we also discover the undeniable power that rises up within us when we come to this realization. People, like our children, can be powerful triggers of our emotions. That is for certain. However, if they were the cause, then we would, as parents, all be feeling the same thing under the same circumstances, like uneaten vegetables, torn up homework, or underage drinking. So for this first podcast, I thought I would address an issue facing many parents right now, and that is how to educate our children amidst the coronavirus. When we first became aware of the fact that the coronavirus was becoming a global pandemic, many parents suddenly, and with very little warning, found themselves at home full-time with their children for an indefinite amount of time. I instantly sat down and wrote a blog entitled Parenting Your Children Through the Coronavirus Pandemic. You can find it on my website at jillmcpherson.com, which offers 13 tips for parenting through a pandemic. The suggestions are far less about educating them in the traditional homeschool way, but rather the blog focuses much more on ways to keep ourselves mentally and physically healthy as parents. It offers ways to foster peace within our children and our home environment during these unprecedented times. I would encourage parents to read my blog, Parenting Your Children Through the Coronavirus, on my website, jillmcpherson.com. That being said... As both a teacher and a mother of four, here are six tips for parents as they seek out the best ways to educate their children during a pandemic. My first tip is to role model a positive and calm mindset. 
Remember, kids, particularly young children, emulate their parents. Children tend to only manage as well as their parents. Rarely do children surpass their parents' ability to cope with change, challenges, or new and unexpected situations. I would invite you to think back to when you were a child. Bring to your mind's eye a situation when your family faced a challenging time. Perhaps it was an unexpected loss in employment or an illness or death in the family. Perhaps your family struggled with a political leader, a new law being passed which challenged a belief system within your community, differences in religious opinions, or maybe even changes made in your education traditions. Whatever the challenge, notice how you felt in that challenging circumstance. My guess is that the situation that first came to your mind was not one that you initially struggled deeply with, but the adults in your life struggled with, and so in turn, you eventually did too. When adults are angry, cry out words of injustice, or negatively judge and condemn others, children notice and take it all in by osmosis. They soon begin to parrot the words and emotions of their parents, or at least to some degree, adopt a similar belief system and skills when dealing with a challenging situation. I must pause here to note, there's nothing wrong with people getting angry over something they feel is not right or expressing their opinions vocally. The invitation here is just to reflect on how adults in your life handled challenges. When you think back, how do you wish these adults had handled it? Did they role model constant frustration, criticism of others, closed-mindedness to solutions, and a constant desire to complain? Or did they demonstrate an optimistic mindset, adaptability, creative problem-solving, and an underlying assurance that somehow, eventually, it will be okay? Now, looking back, how do you think the way adults in your life handled their challenges impacted you? How did it contribute or perhaps compromise your ability to now handle a challenging, unexpected event like educating your child through a pandemic? From this realization, how will you choose to move forward in this challenging time for the sake of your children? What mindset, words, and actions will best assist your children as they return to school? A large degree in how they will cope, how they will feel and behave, will depend significantly on how well you are managing. My second tip, there is no right answer for everyone. Much of what I have read recently on social media is just not concerns about what parents will do this fall with regards to schooling. But unfortunately, I've seen posts about what others should or should not be doing. If a parent is able to and decides to keep their children at home, great. If a family decides that sending the children back to school is what is best for everyone, great. Rest assured that when others make decisions different than ours, that does not make us wrong or them wrong. It does mean, for whatever reasons, reasons we often don't know, they have decided to do things differently. Do what is best for you and your family, rather than what others believe is best for you. Do what is best for you and your children and resist the urge to make sure everyone else is doing what you think is right. Have you ever noticed one of the main reasons parenting is stressful? 
it actually has very little to do with what our children are saying or doing, and far more about our fear of being judged by others. Parenting becomes far less stressful when we stop judging other parents and stop caring that others are undoubtedly judging us. When we let go of a need for others to do what we are doing, and when we let go of any worry that others will perceive us in a negative way, then parenting becomes much more enjoyable, not only for us, but also for our kids. What is my third suggestion? Involve the kids. First, as much as possible, allow your children to express their worries and concerns about returning back to school without trying to minimize or solve. Just expressing their thoughts out loud and having someone listen to them in silence often alleviates much of their worries. When people hold space for us to just vent, the answers to our problems often arise within our minds, or we hear ourselves and realize this problem of ours is truly not that big of a problem. This holds true for our children too, however they rarely get to experience connecting to their inner wisdom. They rarely get to practice self-assuring skills. When we just listen and hold space for them, they learn how to calm themselves and discover solutions to their own problems. No doubt, after listening to your children, they will likely still have lots of questions. Answer them as truthfully as possible. When there are options, provide them and allow them to be part of making the decisions about their own lives. The more they can make decisions involving their lives, the sooner they become more independent and confident. The more decisions children make about their lives and the more they are allowed to live and experience the consequence of their choices, the less discipline and rules required within our homes. My fourth tip is one that has been grossly overlooked during this entire pandemic, which has greatly concerned me. A strong immune system is our best line of defense. There have been endless tips from health officials describing ways to keep our bodies from coming in contact with the virus, which of course are very logical and helpful. However, there are many ways to maintain a strong immune system which are needed in order to minimize the effects if one should come in contact with the virus. A strong immune system does not mean we won't get the virus or we won't become ill. Learning how to foster a strong immune system is, however, a great life habit and sure can't hurt no matter what illness surrounds us. There are many experts that can advise on what healthy foods and supplements are good to support your immune system. I will leave that for you to research further. Here, I want to address more specifically what I believe to be the most critical factor in fostering a strong immune system and staying physically healthy, and that is the state of our mental health. So much research has been conducted for decades, proving the power of the mind in creating optimal health. The mind is our most powerful tool in keeping our bodies healthy. Even though our conscious mind may not be able to ensure optimal health at all times, it does, however, play a huge role in staying healthy and strong. For example, for decades we've known about the placebo effect, the phenomenon that if we believe something is good for us, if we believe something will help to heal us or keep us healthy, it will. The most common experiments go something like this. A group of people are given a pill containing a drug that is supposed to help the participants' illness, and another group are given sugar pills. Neither group knows if they are taking the pharmaceutical drug or the sugar pill. 
Very often, the sugar pill performs just as well or even better than the drug. Therefore, if we believe something will keep us healthy, then chances are it will, regardless of its healing power. During this time, becoming more conscious of our beliefs and state of mind is crucial. I would invite you to do some inventory of what you believe about your ability to stay healthy and notice how your beliefs impact your state of mind and health. Then notice how this might affect your family's health. My fifth tip is think outside the box. Sir Ken Robinson got global recognition when his TED Talk called Do Schools Kill Creativity became one of the most viewed TED Talks of all time. I was actually fortunate enough to meet Sir Ken before his recent death this past month. In his TED Talk, he explains how, in our education system, children are punished, explicitly or implicitly, for wrong answers, for not following explicit direction, or for not solving a problem in the way they were instructed. In the talk, Robinson states that if you are not prepared to be wrong, you will never come up with something original. He suggests that over time, as children move toward the older grades, risk-taking and creativity drop significantly in a large majority of students. How we educate our children has taught many to be frightened of being wrong. We are educating people out of their creative capacities. The paradox is the adults today trying to tackle the challenges of educating our children during a pandemic are products of that system. Administrators, teachers, and parents were educated in a system that discouraged creativity and thinking outside the box. Therefore, presently, we see many people struggling on how we can safely educate our children within the confines of our traditional education paradigm. I would suggest that the answers will more easily surface when we stop trying to maneuver manipulate and control a virus to fit within our existing ways of educating our children. I suggest we use COVID as an invitation to think outside the box, to tap into our creativity. I suggest we become open to educating our children in ways we have never even considered in the past. For example, perhaps the pandemic will challenge the ways we group children Perhaps we can stop grouping children by the year they were born and instead group them by needs. Perhaps grouping could become more fluid throughout the year, moving children as needed at the time rather than waiting until next year to meet their needs. Class sizes and student-teacher ratio is clearly a hot topic. We are all looking at how to fund and physically make significant changes. The pandemic is inviting us to rethink many aspects of our education system. My final tip is a strategy I use in many areas of my life. When something doesn't make sense, take a deep breath, get curious, and move forward with compassion. I have found that when I am most challenged or stressed over how we can possibly educate our children with a pandemic, the best thing I can do is stop and take a few deep breaths. When decisions are made that don't make sense to me, I stop and take a few deep breaths. 
I trust that when something doesn't make sense to me, for example, when authorities make decisions that leave me wondering what is going on, I am certain there is information that I am not aware of. I know there must be a piece of the puzzle missing. How do I find out this missing piece? By taking a deep breath and staying calm. With each inhalation, I visualize my mind being open to receiving a perception or perhaps that missing piece of information that will bring me feelings of reassurance rather than fear. The next time you are triggered about our return to school procedures, I invite you to take a few deep breaths. Notice how it brings us into a calmer state of mind. This allows us to begin to find compassion for ourselves. When we become more compassionate with ourselves for being fearful or anxious, we can begin to observe and change our own internal mental dialogue from anger, blame, or perhaps some form of self-sabotage to compassion. Once we have offered compassion to ourselves, we are now capable of offering that same compassion to others who appear to be the trigger of our upset. We can now see the situation from the other person's shoes. This alone can bring greater understanding and peace. For example, if a new rule is made and now you need to change a routine or your schedule around, or this rule is upsetting your child, first take a few deep breaths. Notice what is going on with you and notice what you are saying to yourself about the situation. Get grounded and offer yourself some compassion around this new challenge. Then open your mind and heart to the other person or people in the situation. Be open to broadening your perspective. Allow your open mind to welcome solutions as well as the good that could come out of this apparent challenge. We can open our minds to seeing teamwork rather than conflict. We can open our minds to solutions instead of complaints. And we can open our mind to remember that within every challenge, there is a beautiful opportunity for growth and positive change. After a deep breath, I always remember that the best solutions come to us when we are in a place of calm acceptance rather than anger and resistance. I want to conclude this podcast with an invitation to apply my six steps for returning to school during a pandemic. If you have any more questions or concerns about this topic, please don't hesitate to email me at jillmcpersonyes at gmail.com. I am also looking for parent volunteers to join me on future podcasts where I will answer your questions or address any of your parenting concerns. I look forward to hearing from you. Until then, this is your host, Jill McPherson on Awakened Parenting.